Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Schimmel. I'm the Youth School President and Chief Guide, and today I'm excited because We've been uh, trying to get this interview on the books, what, for, for years now, Kathy? I'm, I'm thinking it's been years um, or just a few days. But regardless, I'm excited to have a good friend of mine, Kathy Pham. Kathy, I think you and I have known each other, I'm going to guess, six or seven years. And it feels like I've known about you for much longer than that. But Kathy, as by way of introduction to the listeners, Kathy's served off and on as a U-School guide. And I've told many people uh, many times Kathy is my go-to guide, someone that I completely implicitly trust to work particularly with students and specifically with inner city students, as we're going to talk about some more in just a bit. Uh, But Kathy, by way of introduction, could you just share a little bit about who you are, about your story, and I'm most interested in how the trajectory of your life came to the place where you're giving a lot of your time and professional energy and also living amongst inner city youth. So Tell us about yourself and how you got to be working with what you do. Yeah, um, my name is Kathy. A uh, couple things about me. Uh, one is I am a dog mom. And what that means <laughs> is I have a dog and I love him and he thinks he's a human. And I try to treat him like a dog, but he wants to be treated like a baby. And so uh, <laughs> we fight over that, the dog and I. His name is Atticus. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's just, you know, just me throw that out there for, for fun. Uh, another thing about me is I uh, love new experiences, and so this will be highlighted throughout my story and, and trying different things. And um, but more, I guess, more important matter is um, how I came about serving inner city. Uh, I think I like to preface that growing up as a '90s kid, I loved um, all things inner city that was that became mainstream media. And so I love watching Friday, love watching uh, Boys in the Hood, love um, all, all these contexts of, of hearing different people's stories and, and their narratives and, and how it's portrayed through media. And um, I'm a hip hop fan, so I love listening to hip hop and, and getting exposed to these things and being a person of color. I was just like, wow, I resonate more with, with their experience than, than maybe um, Full House, even though it was quite entertaining. And so, um, and so that was just like in the back of my mind. And, um, and uh, I had a pastor, a youth pastor, and he worked with World Impact, which was, uh, inner, is an inner city ministry. And so he'll just share his experiences and I'll just be wide-eyed and be like, these are the best stories. And like, I love hearing this. Mm-hmm. And um, fast forward, um, I was, um, my, my past is, is being an executive at Target and, uh, and doing business things and, and working with people in that regard. And uh, when I stopped uh, working in that field and, and lost my job, um, I was like, oh, well, what's next? What's next for me? And, and um, I read Purpose Driven Life, uh, I think because it's like a really popular book. And I was like, well, what, what, what do I do now? And then eventually um, found, um, realized that, oh, I should go and experience different things and go on uh, missions. And, and often inner city um, 
missions is not talked about and international missions is highly romanticized and there's the opportunity to go to South Africa and I was like, ooh, South Africa. But I'm like, wait, I don't really care about South Africa. And I was like, I've always I've always been really interested in the hood actually. Hmm. And so um and so because I heard of of uh, world impacts from my past when I was younger, I, I interviewed and and applied with them and um and San Diego called first and so I was like, okay, guess this is what I'm doing. Mm. And it was just for the summer, but um, two weeks in, they're like, hey, you're the person we've been, like, praying for, we've been praying for someone for the youth. And I was like, what? I thought I was just doing summer missions and then uh. going back into the business world. But um, I didn't want to be, like, um, a guy in the in the Bible where um, Jonah, where he just, like, kept leaving God and kept hiding. So I was like, no, let's, let's do this. Let's do something new. And so um, that's how I ended up here. It wasn't really... Like, a, hey, I really want to mm. um, give my life to this at first. It was more just like, oh, I'm going to give away my summer. See what happens. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting because I forgot that you worked at Target, an executive, uh, an executive program. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a big shift in the trajectory of your life, obviously. I don't know if this is even possible, but what, you know, if you could imagine, Kathy, you've been doing this, what, for six or seven years now? Uh, um, this is my 10th summer. Hence, oh my gosh. Okay, so try, yeah. what would Kathy be like 10 years down the corporate path versus the path that you're on now? What, what's the difference, do you think? The difference would be, um, I think I would be um, really successful in terms of like climbing the corporate ladder, but I think I would um, see like what's my real impact in the world and people's lives in my own life. Like, what am I really doing? Am I just making Target rich? And is that mm-hmm. what I really care about? Yeah. Um, I think I'll be like, no, I don't really. I mean, the, I think at the end of the day, as much as they donate, which is like three million a week, which is really cool, but I don't think I I would yeah. find satisfaction that yeah. So you've got an affection towards the hood. You've got your own story. Uh, you've got an experience in the corporate life that wasn't firing you up, but why, why inner city students? You've been in this for 10 years. I'm sure you've had other opportunities to care and serve for other kinds of people over the time, but why are you still doing this? Why are you, why do you care about inner city kids? I um, love young people in general. I, I heard this once and, and it just really resonated with me where it's like the energy of the youth and the wisdom of someone who's a couple years older and combining that, it's just a really di- a dynamite environment. And so um, I, I really hung on to that where like, I want to be involved in something that's really um, dynamite. But mostly I think it's, um, I think, so growing up for me, I, can't, I come from a broken home and my dad um, abused drugs and alcohol. And I, I see his poor decisions. And um, in the middle of it, I wasn't alone, even though at times I felt alone. I was really surrounded by great people who cared for me and who um, let me know that they were with me as it it felt like sometimes my life was falling apart. And so I think through that, um, I saw the power and what it could look like to be a good friend and to be um, present with someone. And and I like being with people. So I was like, why not? And Mm. so as as I think specifically about um, the students that I serve, it, it just looks like what it looks like to be a good friend. And, mm. um, and so that, that's the main thing where I think in general, people just need more friends 
Like there's mm-hmm. um, a study out with like middle-aged men in current America and the highest rates of suicide because friendship is not as um, uh, promoted, I think, amongst uh, middle-aged men. Like, hey, go yeah. be friends. Like that's not really a thing. And yeah. so there's, there's higher, there's more isolation, there's more loneliness. And so what does it look like? I think if I look at my, what I'm doing now, I'm like, oh, like we're, we're preventing some of that because we're promoting friendship and we're promoting, promoting healthy relationships. And so um, I think that's one major thing. But I think specifically the inner city, um, I, what I really love is that I love to say we, because I, I would like, include myself in this, like, we just keep it real. We mm. just keep it real. Like, if this is what's going on with life, then we just say it. Mm. And if this isn't what's going on, then we say that too, where there's, there's less uh, facade, there's less front. It's mm. more like, hey, this is the struggle. And, um, mm-hmm. and this is the success. And so um, I don't have to um, remove some of the layers of trying to look successful or someone else trying to have walls of success where it's just um, more human on human. You work for Urban Life. Would you tell us about what Urban Life is, what you guys do, what you care about? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Urban Life exists to see transformed people, transformed neighborhoods. And um, we do that through Christian community development. Uh, so uh, we have some initiatives that involve uh, students in our community. For example, we have running clubs on two high school campuses and uh, three middle school campuses and so we know that it is important to be physically healthy and when you're running the endorphins and and it helps um, students in the long term with keeping up grades and um, having healthy life choices and and food decisions and and we also have wraparound care for those students through reading programs and tutoring and uh, we also have um, two upcoming three urban farms to offer students uh, first-time job experience, but also access to healthy food. Uh, we live in City Heights and Southeast San Diego, which are food deserts in San Diego. And so uh, we mm-hmm. want students to be exposed to seeing food grow and that they did themselves. And so, which is just really deep. If you're like, hey, if you're a seed and you went to the ground and you <laughs> grow and you offer life, like there's just so many life lessons from farming. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we have uh, we have several urban farms and we also have, a cafe inside the YMCA at Copley Price in City Heights. Mm-hmm. And so we offer for some jobs there and also um, helping young people see entrepreneurship and seeing business ownership and, and what that looks like. And, um, and my role directly um, or specifically is youth development. Um, I'm the youth development director. So I oversee more of the uh, spiritual aspects of things. Okay. And so uh, how do we meet students um, through outreach, through being on campus, through um, <clears throat> being involved in different community community activities, and then what does it look like for us to um, help students develop spiritually and also in their leadership development, and then overall care about um, them holistically. And so we offer uh, meals, um, mentorships, a lot of of one on one and small group dynamics, and then also um, I think through oh well, like if I am a good friend, that I would care about all these things about this person. So I care about their school. So what's going on with the school? I care about what's going on with the family. Mm-hmm. And also that I know that I am not Superman or Superwoman. So how can mm-hmm. I rally more volunteers and, um, and more resources for um, the students? What, I mean, that's, that's a lot. And it's, I think one of the most, one of the coolest things when I've learned about Urban Life, by the way, full disclosure, I'm on the nonprofit board 
of urban life. And so um, this is not a paid promotion or anything, but one of the things that I love, I, th- I think with a strong sense of irony is the farm component. So I'm just imagining inner city kids, many of whom are refugees from the Middle East uh, in, in an inner city environment. And you guys are inviting them to be farmers in the hood. I mean, and then <laughs> as a context, for talking about life lessons and faith and leadership. I, I, I love it. And I guess one of my questions out of that is what, what does success look like? I mean, you mentioned healthy choices, uh, mind, body, being better in school, that sort of thing. But uh, what does success really look like in the life of a student? Can you maybe paint us a picture uh, of what that could be for someone who goes through and is involved with urban life, is involved with you? Like what happens to them? What what do they look like down the road? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, when it comes down to it, I, I think it's really simple. Where um, students know that they are loved by God, and um, that God has given them skills and talents and abilities, and in return, all He asks is for um, them for us to um, love Him back and have a relationship with Him, and then live in who we are created to be. So we have these skills, gifts, and talents, and we um, use it, and we and we give it away. And so I, I think success looks like um, I think of um, the students who have been with us for a hot minute. And so, mm-hmm. um, so my first summer when I came, um, I uh, met. I'm just gonna switch up her name. Uh, so I met mm-hmm. uh, Maria, and um, she shared a lot of her brokenness and and different beasts that she's faced, but she um, persevered and graduated the top 10 student at Hoover, went on to San Diego State, then went on to get her master's, and now she's a counselor at a a school nearby. And it's like, what does success look like? Someone whose story doesn't end with um, adversity, but continues Mm. and and strives and then lives into who they are. And, and I love this concept of redemption, where there's an exchange of maybe some of the hardships that's happened and how it can be used for the good. And so I think she has, um, through her experiences, I think it makes her more tender, more compassionate to other students and to um, what other students have uh, faced because of mm-hmm. what she's faced. I think she could relate and whatnot. So I think successful is like, people who could be who they are uh, with their past and with their goals and dreams and, hmm. and really um, live in, in peace of all that. Hmm. What, what do you see? And I'm sure it's all over the map, but are there themes that you see in the students' lives and in their families of the problems that they face? Yeah, I think, I think some problems is just um, definitely within their control. It's like, yo, that was a bad decision. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. talk about that. Uh-huh. And then I think some sometimes it's out of their control, and it's, there's just certain um, systemic issues. And so one student, for example, um, I'll call him Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to he went to to Jack in the Box down the corner with some friends, and he didn't get his soda, and they were at drive through. Mm. So they're like, "Oh, I didn't get the soda." So went back around, went through drive drive through. It's like, "Hey, I didn't get my soda." Um, and so they're like, "Oh no, we gave it to you." They're like, "Oh no, we just didn't get our soda," mm-hmm. and uh, and. And it just really escalated, and they, uh, the Jack and Box folks called the police officers mm. and said that they're being held at gunpoint. There's wow. no gun, there's no one being held, wow. and it just happens that Bobby's black. I mm. mean, and I think it doesn't just so happen. I think there's, yeah. there's certain like um, 
certain prejudices and certain subconscious or conscious biases mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. so some things are out of their control and some things are in their control um yeah i think if i asked for my soda there i don't think the police officers would have came yeah. mm -hmm. and so so there's just some of that i was just like man like this is such a a hard world to live in mm. um at times but but how do we how do we continue to to um offer hope but that, and also um and grieve and lament some things too and so mm. i think it's, it's both it's, it's doing all that so so with all the successes all the the losses and, and just continuing to um, encourage students to um, strive and to um, live out their purposes and, and a lot of the youth school curriculum helps us engage those topics and conversations too well i know i don't know what you would think but that's what, that's what i'm curious about but i've i've interacted with other there's a, i mean there's a lot of programs out there that that help students especially inner city students and one of the i think um themes i've seen from a number of different organizations is to enter into the inner city with a message that sounds something like hey you guys can do anything you want to do and so therefore we're going to inspire you and motivate you to try harder. Um, what, what, how do you feel about that? I and mean, I don't know if you've seen that as well, but what would be different about your message or Urban Life's message? I think that's nice and I think it's cute. And I don't mean that to like be cynical, but I mean, really it's nice and cute. Yeah. But I think, um, I, th I think it comes from like, Hey, I'm over here and um, you over there struggling, like it's gonna be all right, keep going. And mm -hmm. I think that's true, right? Like we need to hear that. But I think sometimes, I think first as, as young people and Generation X is kind of like, do you really understand what's going on? And, um, and do you know that I actually am trying to pursue fame? And it just happens that it's just very, uh, I don't know if students are really aware, but it's, that's kind of like what, because of social media, it's like, hey, I could be a YouTube star, I could be this mm -hmm. and that. And so some of the dreams are very unrealistic because can we all be social media influencers? Like, right. no, we can't. <laughs> and so, um, so, like, I could sell you a dream or I could really have conversations about, okay, what do you really want? What's really going on? And mm. let's look at your life. What are the decisions you're making? You have a 2.0 GPA. I'm not sure you'll be a doctor. I don't yeah. think you have the work ethic for that, you know, and so, yep. and so to have uh, real conversations, I think it's more, I, I think practical, I think I'm just a practical person. And so, um, but also like, hey, but if you really want to pursue it, yeah, I will text you every day to make sure that you wake up to go to school mm. so that you could, you know, do this and that. So I think it's, wow. it's a, a mixture of both where it's like, I, I want us to be able to dream and there's a section in youth school where it talks about like what would your dream day be what would be your dream room dream house and that's usually actually the hardest section for students mm. the students that i work with where Why? they just can't dream they're like i don't know what it looks like because mm. we don't know what we don't know and so if 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 we look around us and we see within this three mile radius there's over ninety thousand people in mm. 80 different dialects and we're just like stacked together it's wow. really hard to see what it looks like to us elsewhere unless we're exposed to that and so, um, hmm. so sometimes it's kind of like, well, do I dream what I see on TV? Like, is that even real? Because right. I think honestly, we know that you know that's that's fiction. And yeah. so, so it's, it's some things about dreaming, but it also just okay. Well, um, 
what kind of jobs do you want to do? And the conversation is very short because they only know a handful of things. Sure. So all my student athletes all want to study kinesiology and they yeah. all want to be, uh, it's literally, I would say 98%. And they all want to be like the high school trainer or maybe they'll make it to professional, mm. be a professional trainer or, you know, be at the sideline ready to like bandage up a broken ankle. And I'm like, yeah. you can look at people's like, like athletes foot all day are you sure <laughs> but it's like if, if you know they don't know what they don't know so like well what else is there yeah so um yeah that's that's kind of like the, the tricky part of mm-hmm. of it all so yeah sell the dream but also like are you going to motivate along this dream like how are you really going to do this and so yeah um because what what's the statistic? I think we remember 20% of what we hear uh-huh. so if I hear this great message I'm like oh my gosh I'm so moved and then what? Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's tempting to it's do tricky. that. I think. It's tempting to, because um, if you if you can get an entire school to sit inside a gym and then tell them that message, it actually feels very, very significant. And especially if you can move them emotionally to tears or to laughter, it feels it feels big. But the word that stuck out to me that you were sharing earlier is that you actually want to lead some of these students to lament and grieve. Uh, the, the situations that they found themselves in, the families that they've been born into, the, the systemic problems. That is, that's a lot harder to do in a gym. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I don't, so that's another question I have for you is how, what you're talking about so much, even as you shared, I'm, I'm texting a student at 8 a.m. to make sure they're waking up to go to school. Like that's, how many can you do at one time? How many can you impact? How, you know, what, I don't know what that question is, but that's hard to scale. Maybe that's an observation. I don't know how you react to that observation. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a couple things. I think when we are going to the gym, which we do, and, you know, there's, like, we get platforms and such, but it's more so, like, am I doing this for me so I can mm. feel good about myself? Mm-hmm. Or am I really trying to love and serve students well? Yeah. Because I think it's, is the it's the long haul that I think makes the, the impact with the, the long journey, mm-hmm. and so um, so I just um, try to be faithful to um, the students in front of me, and yeah. then also think st- um, strategically for the future um, students, and um, and so there's you know there's like objectives and such, but I yeah. don't look at success. I guess I look at success like the the long term game. Sure. Um, so like like the the little things like yeah, how many kids came today, and like do we have their contact information? Okay, who's texting who? Who's mm-hmm. keeping up with who? What's going on? So definitely doing those things, but also um, if if we have a good goal and we evaluate how we're how we're doing it, like building these relationships. Yeah. Um, I think that that looks that's successful. So it's um. Mm-hmm. It's the both and. and well, what and, I yeah, a, a part of what I hear yeah. you saying is that you're you're trying you're seeking to become a really healthy role model, which then not just being a role model in the distance, but being a very healthy friend for some young people. And as you're doing that, you're also thinking about essentially modeling for your friends how they can also be friends to others. And so I, I can I can see the long term leveraged impact of that for sure. But it's it's more of the small batch <laughs> kind of growth. Than it is the mass streams, mass production. Yeah, I I, I would uh, openly invite all healthy adults to join and be a volunteer so that we could maximize yeah. the impact. That's right. I, that's right. That's right. That's right. Because I, I, you know, 
if That's there's it. just a lot of us loving young people, then we're good. I mean, I think it goes back to when people used to say um, it takes a village, and I uh -huh. think that's true. I I went to the um, UCLA's Afrograd a couple weeks ago for um, class of 2018. Mm. Uh, one of my students graduated, and she invited me. And um, a lot of people addressed the crowd as like, hey, village, like, thank mm. you so much, village, everybody in honest. And I was like, that is so beautiful. That's cool. Because you know what? Yeah. Um, yeah. We could... We can lie and be like, I did it all myself. I was like, okay, really, you did it. Because if I didn't say, like, hey, have a good day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I care about you. You're not alone in this world, I think. Yeah. Um, I think all those little things matter. I love that. But I don't think it's only those things, right? I'm, I'm not going to yeah. say, like, because I text him now, his life right. has changed because of me. <laughs> like, that's far from the truth, too. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we just need a little bit of everything. What about, uh, and I don't know if you can, I don't know what you're going to say about this, but comparing people that work with students in let's say middle or middle upper class zip codes, I'm using big generalities uh, and I'm yeah. hoping not to offend anybody, but what, what's different about the work that you're doing? What, cause I think some people could say, well, kids are kids. All kids need mentors. All kids need friends. But what, what would, what's different about the work that you're doing in the inner city? And also for someone who hasn't engaged in that work, what do you think would surprise them about the kind of work that you do and the kind of friendships and conversations that you have? Yeah, so um, the things are similar. So um, also full disclosure, I don't usually hang out in affluent neighborhoods or middle class. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I can't say, like, I know everything that they're facing. Sure. But I, well, I was in Orange County and I did um, work with students up there. So there's, there's a little bit of that. But it was more in, a, uh, in the immigrant context, even though it's an affluent, affluent mm -hmm. context, but it was an immigrant mm -hmm. context. And so, um, but I, I think some of the similarities is, is all students um, especially in middle school is do you like me? That's their mentality. Mm. And in high school mentality is do I like you? Uh, mm. A student thinking to the adult. And so I think that's general anywhere. Any young person yeah. anywhere is, is this uh, back and forth game of like, do you like me? Do I like you? Mm. Um, are you cool? Am I cool? And so yeah. um, I think that that's just everyone everywhere. Um, but I think what comes down to some of the differences between um, the different communities is um, family and um, resources and mm. then the systemic issues. And mm. so um, I think those are the major things where um, we live in like a followless generation where mm. a lot of our students don't have a dad around and there's an impact on that. And so, yeah. you know, we can look at all those different studies. And so if we have a single mom, she is busting her butt to provide. But San Diego is not cheap. And so uh, mom works hard. So students are, um, loved but maybe neglected and um, so, so there's some of that that the majority of our students face uh, and not all students right you know some students have great folks around um, yeah. but then a lot of students don't um, for one reason or another so there's there's the family dynamic hmm. um, and then there is um, access um, some a, a lot I would say a lot of our students lack access and they don't even know what they can access and so um, Hmm. So let's say we're in a different we're in a different neighborhood, and um, mom and dad has a friend who does who's like a neuroscientist. Maybe that's not mm -hmm. practical. Maybe mm -hmm. they're an engineer. Maybe engineer is more normal, right? So yep. they're engineer, and so that child, if that child knows that knows parents, mom and dad's friends, they see yep. oh, there's these other career options. Yeah. Or oh, I can go job shadow at like. Yeah. Um, but I Uncle do. Bob's, 
you know, works at Boeing. Let me go see what that's like. Like, mm-hmm. and so, uh, but yeah. our students like, okay, well, what can they see around them? And right. It's kind of like not much. Yeah. Um, and so hmm. that's, that's definitely a challenge. And then there's just certain things where, um, some, some of our parents don't know that they could access different things through the school district and, and that some schools get more, um, things that other schools or they're last to get certain, um, fixes. So for instance, to hmm. those schools, Hoover and Crawford and Man Mill School, they're the last in San Diego Unified to get any of the, um, I believe it was like Measure A, any of the, all the rebuilding, all the remodeling, they're the last. Okay. Like, oh, that's convenient. And so yeah. we could say like, oh, we don't know why that happens. Or it's just like, you know, there's just certain priorities. And yeah. sometimes it's just like the squeaky wheel gets oil. Maybe we're mm-hmm. not squeaky enough. So there's just, and it's like, oh, we know we could squeak. What? And so there's just so, yeah. it's just, it's complicated. We would so, need to have um, time to squeak. We would need to have the energy to squeak. We would need to have the right. know, self-esteem to squeak. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. And so there's, there's, there's um, a lot going on. Um, but in the middle of it, we, we would like to, to say, like, yeah, um, we're, I think we're all gems. And and City has Southeast is, and the people of it is gems, too. But what does it look like to polish a gem? And maybe that's what we need to do. And so mm. we try to um, encourage our students to... Um, be people who are transformed so that they can transform their, their neighborhood so that they can mm-hmm. polish the city and um, and give back and be involved, not just like be successful and leave, but mm-hmm. make um, a lasting change. And so a Western in particular, we'll call him Michael. And mm-hmm. um, so he was involved in our internship and, uh, and just like learning about the neighborhood and different things. Because sometimes when you live in a place, you don't study the place, you just like live in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're like, hey, let's let's really stay our our community. And he, um, at the end of the summer, he decides that he wants to be a civil engineer and wants to impact the neighborhood through like structural change, like just like wow. literally, let's fix the streets and let's be about that. And we're like, yeah, mm. yes, because if cool. not us, then who? Just wait around. Yeah. So um, yeah. So those are the things that that excites us. What this is going to be much more personal, but I, I've I've been developing this thought for myself lately that the the people in my life the students that i serve even my own kids that there is something about them and their presence in my life that is that's intended for me and for my own growth you know, yeah definitely that that annoying kid is actually there in my life to teach me how to be patient and compassionate um what are you learning about yourself in this season of life uh, as you serve in the inner city yeah um great question i a lot of things um, I think I, as I'm looking back on 10 years, um, like who I am as a person has evolved and hopefully we all do. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely through being, I think as I hear different people's journeys and different people's stories, um, it helps me be a better friend. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, um, how do I ask good questions? How do I listen well? How am I present? And um, and then it sharpens the skills that I already have. Where like, hey, I'm practical. So like, how do I? Um, how can we rally resources? Or who do we need to connect you with and, and mm-hmm. be continue to be who I'm like created to be? Um, so I think that's that's one. Of, like I just seen myself grow as a friend, and um, and then that yes, yeah, so and that just makes me just a. Um, a more social person, like who doesn't need a good friend in their life. Um, so that's one thing. And then I think another way I've grown is to, uh, 
to realize how much privilege that I had. Like growing up in Orange mm. County, I just didn't think about a lot of things because yeah. I didn't have to. Yeah. Why I just really didn't have to think about like how other people live or certain things that people are, are facing or even what privilege looks like and to not think about something as a privilege. I just was not aware. Mm. And so I think my, um, my, I like to I like to think I'm woke, and so that's you know mm-hmm. really elitist to say. Yeah. Because um, then, because then when because one of my cousins told me this, like, because I was like, oh yeah, so and so's not woke, and she's like, well, maybe they're not woke because we're not sharing that, and so it's, it's really our fault. And I was like, mm. oh, yeah, oh, you're right. And yeah. so even to think that we're woke, that's like our issue, right? And so, um, and so I became aware of that. Wow. We're like, okay, there's just certain things that we need to learn, and then how do we use our platforms to share in genuine ways? And, um, and so um, I think I've cared more about um, community engagement where I did it before because I didn't have to and cared more about um, just um, systemic issues. I just did not care about systemic issues. I didn't even know there was systemic issues. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. So some of those things. And then um, and I think uh, another way that's changed is um, really embracing um, cultural diversity. Hmm. Um, coming from Orange County, it'll be like, okay, th- these streets, that's like all the Korean businesses, these uh-huh. streets, the little Vietnamese businesses, you know, these streets, you know, it's very like, okay. Um, but in City Heights, it's, it's all together. You have like uh, hmm. a taqueria right next to like a halal shop right next to like a pho restaurant. Hmm. And I think that's just like really beautiful. And like my eyes, um, became open I was like awakened to like yeah it's all nations all tribes all right now like the people are mm. here wow. and the world is in our backyard and so um so one is just like that awareness and then two is like okay well now what and so how do we um be a good neighbor and um yeah and not be scared um I, in general I'm not one to like be scared people because I uh, like to engage with with strangers, and I would talk to a tree, and the tree talks back. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so so I think some of that stuff just makes it fun. Um, yeah. What are the best resources? So I'm thinking of someone that's listening to this that maybe is going to start teaching in an inner city school, or someone that's that has, like you said, the early signs of a draw towards the hood. Like what? What are the resources that you'd recommend? You don't need to plug U-School, by the way, but I'm also curious how you've seen U-School be effective. You mentioned that a couple of times, but where you yeah. see the place for U-School in, in the world of inner cities. So, but first of all, more importantly, what, you know, what are the best things we should be reading, listening to, and learning from? Yeah, I think um, num- the really, really important thing, I was maybe even the number one thing, would be, um, have a friend who is in that community if you're not from that community. That's great. Because who are you? <laughs> you don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I say for myself, like, I don't know. But now that I've listened for 10 years, like, I know. And along the way, I wasn't like, well, let me see what I can do. But it's more like, okay, I'm going to notice what's going on, but I'm not going to be like, solutions th- th- solution there and be like, okay, what are we going to Like, first, like, like mm-hmm. know that the good stuff is already here. And so let's see what's going on, right? So yeah. you call that ASIC mapping or just like, you know, who, who's around? And yeah. so I, I think that's one. And then, um, and so the first thing is like, yeah, ha- have a friend who will speak the truth to you mm. because you probably do have a savior complex, let's be real. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, so, and so 
so who's that person in your life who's from the area who's like indigenous and yeah. so one and then two a second resource is to not do it alone and so who is your community or who are the people who are in the front lines with you who care about you who support you because you will be burnt out and so um, they say the the typical um i think social worker i think it's two years and for youth ministers like a year, a year and a half, and a half. And wow so we're in these professions where um, we have high compassion, but um, but we need to ensure that we have our um, self care in line and and, mm. and make sure we're we're having um, healthy um, habits. And so I think that's the second thing, like yeah. just to to work, and then everything else will be like tools, yeah. right? So good tools would be um, U School. That I think that's a great great tool. Um, um, there's certain um, conferences that uh, are great because there's like what's the newest thing and also what things have worked well. Mm, yeah. And so um, for the Faith Network, it would be um, the annual um, Christian Community Development Association annual conference, and it'll be in it's in the various inner city across America. There's also um, Urban Youth Workers Institute, and so um, they have an annual conference and. And so to um, get resources and network with others, and I think that's important. And um, in terms of everything else, it's really, it's really contextualizing um, other curriculum, I think, hmm. oftentimes. Yeah. So, okay, you're saying this, but what does that look like for us? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Um, last thing, what, uh, what's on your mind these days? What's on your mind as it relates to the work that you're doing is there something that you're you're curious about confused by um the next the, the next problem that you see that you're drawn to like uh, that's a very broad question but what's 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 next for you um i think a problem that i see that i'm drawn to is that i am getting old <laughs> and <laughs> and uh working with youth i only get older and so mm. the gap between uh my young friends and myself, our age gap just increases. So I'm like, oh, that's the problem that yeah. I can't fix. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I think, <laughs> and um, our interests are starting to um, to be different. But usually, I do have the same interests as a adolescent. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> but um, so I'm like, mm, yeah, this music now. Mm. <laughs> um, so <laughs> and so I I think. I think I I am um, I, I have high interest in, in pop culture and and mm. um, and that kind of stuff. And so just keeping myself abreast with that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, I think overall it's like, and I do that because like, how do I make an impact? And how do I how do I connect? And how do I um, get to know um, people and get to know others? And so mm. um, that's like constantly on my radar. And I, and it becomes more challenging with each year. Because, um, yeah, just life and times, you know? Yeah. Just, and so yeah. that's, that's huge. Um, and I think I'm, I'm um, for like my own personal development, just continuing to, to learn and grow in who I am and, and how um, I could continue to do more of that and mm -hmm. to be who I am and, and not who I'm not, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I love the Enneagram. So I'm like always having some new Enneagram books that I'm reading through. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very fascinating and fun. Um, and then, and, and then big problems is, is more seeing like, okay, so who's, what is the problem and 
And so currently it's just the, the political climate, especially for people of color uh-huh. and for, um, and certain things that um, certain government officials say and such. And, and yeah. so how do I be present with, with people facing that? And for my, myself, like, like, am I just like, oh man, that sucks. Like, what, what does it really look like uh-huh. um, to all like, it can be lamenting, but also just like, what do we do? Yeah. Is it a protest? Like, is yeah. it not a protest? Is it just right. like, hey, I acknowledge this. And so students are always like wide-eyed every time I say something uh, in mm. that regard. Uh, and then they, then there's the, haws of, the nods of like, oh, yeah, like you, you know what we are experiencing. So it's like, mm. yeah. Um, I love my Dreamer students. I have, so, you know, we have mm. a lot of Dreamer students. We live in a border town. And so, um, so yeah, just, I think the, some, some problems is just like holding, holding on to that, you know, some change is not within my control, but yes. to acknowledge it and, and to be with, with folks. And, and, and I think that's such a pressing issue where that, and that's a problem that I personally can't fix. Yeah. But, but acknowledging it. That's wisdom and maturity right there for sure. Well, I, I want to say thank you for being on our podcast. Thanks for being a part of you school universe the past few years you're one of the superheroes did you like that little superhero avengers not you <laughs> school universe you're one of the main characters uh, I, in the show notes i'm going to make sure to include things like how to learn more and get involved potentially with urban life uh, a few other topics that we talked about that i think are just really fascinating that you touched on so many different things urban farming inner city leadership development that study you mentioned on middle-aged men and a high population of suicide, fatherlessness, and the Enneagram. What's your Enneagram number, by the way? Just for those listeners who are nerding out on that, like me. I am a seven. You are a seven. You're such a seven. I am a seven. Awesome. I am a, it's so it's interesting because everybody's like, but you're not scatterbrained, because I really am not, because my mind no. breaks is, is uh, I'm an SJ, which is very mm-hmm. like detailed and focused. Which up to Myers so, Love it. Keep going. Yeah, I love all personality things because uh-huh. my strength finders is individualization. Yeah, Whoa. I threw that out there too. And so, it's, uh-huh. so I love all things like people and, and what makes people who they are. And cause, yeah. yeah, it's just it's really pretty. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah, I'm an Enneagram. <laughs> and but yeah, but not. So I might be scattery, scattery in terms of like um, banter and talking with friends. You know, it's like mm-hmm. like. Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none, and know about mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. It's like engaged in conversation. But yeah. when it comes down to like, we work in, yeah, we work in. I'm, yeah. I'm like, what are we getting done? What's the goal? How are we doing this? Yeah. What's the vision? And uh-huh. so, you're very well formed. Interesting. Seven. Very mature seven. Healthy seven. Integrated. <laughs> I'm just going to shower more. Maybe. Any grand compliments <laughs> on you. Well, um, last thing, I've been, I've been toying around with this idea, this concept, a new phrase. We talk about self awareness all the time in youth school, but I've been thinking for the yeah. past couple of weeks about the idea of being self-awake. You mentioned being woke. So that might be, I might, there might be like a, a blog article in there for you to write at some point. What is it? How do you become self-awake, awoke? Like, what is that? What do you do? Because I think that's, there's something there for a lot of people. I, like, I mm-hmm. want to engage. I want to understand what's going on in the world. I want to be able to empathize and connect. But the mm-hmm. practical, like, what does that mean? Scroll more through Facebook? Like, how do I become woke? How do I become more self-awake? So that maybe is the next topic of conversation at some point. Uh, but anyways, thank you, for, thank you for joining us. And for all of you who are listening, 
check out the show notes and we'll make sure to include and link a bunch of stuff. So thanks a lot, Kathy. For sure. Thank you for tuning into the U-School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story.